Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, um, I get to wear many hats in my life. I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband, pastor, uh, friend to, to some people. Um, and, uh, and so I get to wear all these many hats in my life. But man, I am so glad that I'm not defined by mistakes, by my mistakes. Aren't you glad you're not defined by your mistakes and the things that you've done wrong? But man, I've, I've made a ton of them over my life. And many of us probably can say that we have as well. If, if you're not, you, you need to, to pray uh, here at the end of service. We'll have an altar call and you can come pray about that. But, uh, but man, it started early. I remember in sixth grade, you know, middle school is a different world. Okay, especially today, it's different than what we did uh, growing up. But I remember sixth grade was crazy, going from elementary school to, to, um, to sixth grade. It was, just, it was different. And at that time, I, I went to, to Bernie uh, Simmons. Um, now it's a, a career uh, center. Um, back then, it was just a sixth grade uh, center that we went to. Um, and I remember first couple of days kind of watching everybody, watching the kids around. Some of the kids were from other elementary schools, so I didn't really know them. And so like, I thought, all right. I got I to make sure I don't get messed with or picked on or, or anything like that. So I actually developed a, a really bad habit of cussing because um, I thought if I act tough and, and I kind of, you know, that, that people wouldn't mess with me. It actually had the reverse effect. That wasn't a very good idea because that will get you in trouble. And it did. Um, you know, I, I developed a habit of doing that. I remember this one day um, there was a, a girl sitting in my seat and the bell rang. The bell rang and I was like, man. Trouble. This girl's up in my seat. I said, uh-uh. And I went there and I was like, every book that you can think of, or every word that you can think of in, in the book. And I, I told this girl, what's up? And uh, and she went and told on me. Come on, man. Snitches get stitches, right? But um, <laughs> she went and told on me. And uh, and, and the teacher calls me up and she's like, oh, what, what's going on? Like, this girl is coming. She said, you said all these things. I was like, that wasn't me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. <clears throat> She's like, all right. Later on in the day, she approaches me again. My teacher approaches me again. It's like, all right. Like, she, she's still saying that you did this. Like, what, what's going on? I said, it, was, it wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't say those things. Later on in the day, guilt starting to set in a little bit. She approaches me again. I'm like, yes. I, I said. So not only did I cuss, I, I lied uh, to cover all those things up. And so she's like, all right, this is what needs to happen. You need to go down to the office, and I want you to go and, uh, and talk to, I believe, is the assistant principal uh, in there. So I go down to the office, and, and I go to the secretary. I'm like, um, teacher sent me to go talk to uh, the assistant principal, and uh, I'm in trouble, and I need to go. I need to talk to him. And she's like, all right, you, can, you go ahead and go in there. I go in there, and he's not in there. He's not in there, so I'm like, all right, I'll just leave a note. And I, I swear, I didn't do this on purpose. I just wasn't thinking. I was nervous. I was in trouble. So I write a note that, that you know, I got in trouble and that I needed to speak with him. And, um, and, and I left the note there and went on about my day. I had forgot to put my name on it and, and, and everything. I promise you I didn't do it on purpose. Y'all believe me, right? Like, I, I forgot to put my name on it. Nothing else ever happened from that. I never got in trouble. I went back to the class. Teacher said, did, did you talk to him? I said, no, he wasn't there, but I left him a note. And that's all that ever happened. I never got in trouble. It never like, got to my parents. In fact, I remember one time running into my teacher at the grocery store that same year. And, and I got super nervous. Like, oh, crap. 
It's fixing to go down. I'm in trouble now. I'm busted, right? And, uh, but nothing ever, ever came of it. Nothing, nothing happened, and, and I never got in trouble. But, but man, I, I've, done, I've done other things. I, you know, I've, I've been angry and, and lashed out in my anger. I've been inconsiderate, selfish. You know, the list goes on and on. The enemy loves it when we do dumb stuff. Because that kind of gives him a, a little crack in the door to come in. But the good news is this. We don't have to be defined by those dumb things that we've done, right? Aren't you glad of that? Are you holding on to something now? Maybe in your life. Uh, uh, what do you need to let go of? Are you listening to certain voices that, that maybe say uh, you're worthless? You've messed up way too many times. You're, you, you can't be used. You're worthless. Maybe it's a lie uh, of, of shame that says, you know what? You're always going to be guilty. This is always going to be hanging over your head. Maybe someone has told you you're never going to be good enough. Maybe, maybe it's something like an inner voice inside you that's like, you know what, you're just, you're nothing really special. Many of us may have heard these things before over our life at some point in time, but, but those are all lies, man. Those are lies that, that the enemy wants to, to lord over you and to trap you with. And you can't believe that. Don't give in to that. Here, here's the deal. You are awesome. Look at your neighbor and say, you are awesome. Can I quote the great theologian Bruno Mars? And you're amazing just the way you are. Right? Okay, that was a little cheesy. But um, here's what the Bible says. You are the apple of God's eye. You are his treasure. You, you are his prized possession, so to speak. When, when God created all things, he, he saved the best for last. At least that's what I, I tell myself. And, 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 and he creates man at the end. And he gives, gives him a plan and purpose for his life. And he's still doing that for us today. He has created you with a plan and purpose. And if you've been coming on Wednesday nights, which there's a few of you that are, the rest of you need to get in line with that. But, um, but if you come on Wednesday night, we've been talking about, we started a series called um, uh, Purpose Driven Life. And, and we started talking about how you have a purpose for your life. And it's all because of God and how he created you. Listen to what David, David got it in the Psalm. David, David says this, Psalm 139, 14, he says, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you wonderful. God, God made you, and, and, he, and he made you to be you. So many times we fall into the comparison trap. And we, and we compare ourselves to other people. We see what other people have or what other people are doing. That's one of the... I, I like social media. It's great to connect with people. But people only post the good stuff on there. And so we think everybody's got it going on all the time. And why don't I have it going on? I've got issues at home. But you don't know that, that those parents got issues too. Their kids are running around crazy. Their house is a mess and, and, and everything like that too. So you are not alone. We are all in the same boat. No one's got it all together like you, like you think. But you can only be you. That's all that God has created you to be. You are unique, and I'm not just telling that to, to build your... Oh, I am telling you that to build your confidence up. But, but I'm not just saying that just to say it, because you, it's true. God made you unique. Listen, I, deep down inside, I want to be T.D. Jakes. <laughs> like, deep down inside, and don't take offense. Deep down inside, there's, there's a black man deep down inside that wants to come down and walk around and stage. I'm, I'm not kidding. I feel it sometimes, y'all. But I can't be the bishop. I can't be, deep down, I want to be Stephen Furtick. I want to be the guy jumping and, and have all that energy and passion. And, 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 but, but I'm not him. God didn't create me to be him. I don't have their experiences. I've got my own experiences. I've got my own thing. There's, I have my own talents and gifts that God wants to use for such 
a time as this. All you can ever do is be you. And if you try to be anything else other than that, you're going to always fail. So what you think is, is going to help your life is actually going to take away from who you truly are and who God has purposed and created you to be. You are amazing. You are amazing. And Jesus didn't come for junk. Jesus didn't die for junk. God didn't make junk. He, he created you amazing. Even while we were sinners, Romans 5, 8 says that Jesus still died for us. You are important. You are valued. God loves you and has a purpose for your life. The good news is this, is we are not defined by our failures. We all fail though, right? We all have messed up. We've all got issues and things. But man, we get to spend eternity with God, living according to his will. And that starts the moment that you choose to follow Jesus. The moment that you accept him into your life is when you get to live in the inheritance that God has for you and the purposes and plans that he has for you. If you'll turn to Matthew 20, Verse 28 today. We're going to continue the series we started last week called Thrive. We're in a season at our church where we, we've gone from surviving uh, the past couple of years. And, and today, and moving forward throughout 2018, we are going to thrive. We're going we're to move into the promises of God. We're going we're gonna, to uh, seek after Him and focus on all that He has for us. But there's some things that we need to do to be able to do that. And last week we challenged you to serve more, share more, and give more. And today we're going to talk about uh, serving more in church, in God's kingdom, and, and using what God has done in our life and living out the purpose that he has for us. And today's message is entitled, You Got Served. Look at your neighbor and say, You Got Served. Now throw up your hands like, 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 like we're fixing a battle. Like, you got served. Right? Come on, Eric. Let's, let's break that into battle right now. Come on. No, that, that probably wouldn't be good, right? We, we are live streaming today, so that would be out for everybody to see and, and everything. So uh, that wouldn't be good. But hey, Matthew 20, verses 28. It's our key verse for today. It's just one simple verse. It says this. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to, here we go. Give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for giving your life for us. Thank you for the sacrifice that you gave just for us because you love us so much. And so, Father, I pray that we wouldn't take that for granted, that we'd understand that, God, and we would live in that, that fact that, God, you love us, you created us to love us, and, Lord, you have a plan and purpose for our life. Father, speak to us through your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I find it interesting. The kingdom of God, the way the kingdom of God is and the way the world is is very different, right? It's, it's like... It's, it's like backwards, like it's, it's opposite almost. The, the world says if you're not first, you're last. Or maybe that was Ricky Bobby in the one movie, but still, if you're not first, you're last. <clears throat> the world will tell you, hey, someone does you wrong, you get them back. You get revenge, right? The world says um, to look out for yourself. Don't worry about it, even if that means you got to step over people to climb up the ladder of success. These are kind of the things that, that are in and around us in, in our world today, but man, it's opposite. It's different. It's different in the kingdom of God. Uh, the Bible tells us that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Jesus taught that it used to say eye for an eye, but now you're supposed to love your enemies and pray for them. How about that? The Bible tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves, not look out for ourselves. Love our neighbors as ourselves. 
In the same passage in the text around this verse that we just read, Jesus says, if any of you want to become a great servant, or if you, any of you want to become great, become a servant. To get life, you must give your life away. And that's different, right? That, that's, that's backwards than what, what we kind of see around us. To get life, you've got to give it away. That doesn't make sense in maybe logical things. But in the kingdom of God, that's, that's what it is. You've got to give your life away to become great. See, what was happening in this, this text is that there were, there were two disciples that were, were kind of battling back and forth with Jesus. And they're like, hey, uh, can we sit at the right hand of, of you? And, 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 and they were battling back and forth. Who's the great in your kingdom? And they were, they were kind of going back and forth. In fact, the, the Bible says um, that, that the other disciples had become indignant to, to what these guys were doing. They were kind of being like, kind of greedy and arrogant a little bit, so to speak. And Jesus is like, listen, if you want to become great, you got to give your life away. you got to become a servant. you got to serve you got to humble yourself. So we do that by serving others, just like Jesus did. Jesus gave his life away, sacrificed himself. He, he gave up the throne in, in heaven and came down to earth and, and humbled himself and, and lived a life here on this earth and, and died and, and then rose again for us. He gave his life away. So how do we serve like Jesus? How do we, how do we give our life away? The answer is simple, but it takes it takes a lifetime to explore and to get and to, to understand. So I hope maybe we can uh, take some steps toward that together today. You serve the way that God designed you to serve. You serve out of who you are. There, there's a particular personality that God has given you. You know, we, we look at kids and we're like, oh, this kid is so hard-headed and stubborn. And, you know, maybe or maybe I just look at my kids like that. But... Um, but we look at their hard heads. I'm like, God's going to use that stubbornness. They're going to they're be able to stand up for God one day and not back down. And, and I believe God will use those little things that we see. We just have to learn to call the right things out of them. But if we call our kids stubborn and hard headed and then you, you're being this and that. And that you know, but if we call it out of them, what God wants to use, even, even in their personality. God gave you a specific personality. There, there's, a, there's a reason you are the way that you are. You're unique. You're, you're an original masterpiece that God is designing. And the closer that we get to him, the more that that unfolds. Your story is unique. It's one of a kind because it's written by God himself. The creator of the, think about that. The creator of the universe. God of all, all things. The one that, that spoke and, and put all things in, into motion. Created you and specific and unique for plan and purpose for his all to be a part of his redemption story it's amazing it's amazing you are more than your mistakes you are more than your you, your, your value isn't really even in your victories we need to come to a place where we understand that, that we were made by God for God and that's that's it none of this really has to do with us at all your value isn't in what you've done or what you will do God has determined your value already already before you were born your value was determined. You, you are priceless. He's created you according to his purpose. Even before the world began, your purposes were, were in mind. Even before the world began, your value was determined. Ephesians 1.4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. God was thinking of you before anything ever was. You have a purpose you were made to make a difference in the world around you. Do you believe that today? Amen. You were made to make a difference in this world. We're not here just to live and die and that's it. That's really depressing. That is not 
what we're here for. And we're not even here for ourselves. We are here by God and for God. Our job is to use whatever God has given us to serve him and to serve others. It has nothing to do with us at all, really. So we have to turn to God's word as a guide to understand who he is and, and what he wants us to do. We have to involve him in our life so that we're so tuned in to him that we, we hear his voice speaking. We have to have that type of relationship to understand our purpose, our gifts, and how we can give that away. See, see if we're living in ourselves and for ourselves, we're not going to want to give our life away. Because deep down, because of our sin nature, because, because of, of all those issues, we, we are, we're, just, we're selfish. That, that's really what sin is, is selfishness. It's thinking of ourselves, and, and that's not a part of God's kingdom. And, and that's why Jesus came, is, is to get us out of that mindset and to get us the mind that he has. So I want to walk through a few things, a few steps for us to understand how we can give our life away today. I'm going to use the word give. I'm going to use the letters in the word give to help us understand that. So, so number one, the G in give is for gifts. I'm going to sound like Sesame Street today. Y'all. G is for give. Um, sorry, it's just how it planned out. But G uh, in give stands for gifts. God has made you talented. Before you were born, God had a plan for your life. And he equipped you to make that happen. Everyone is talented. Now, we're not all talented with the same stuff. Because that, would be, that wouldn't work, right? Because we all fit together in this beautiful thing that, that God has for us and, and here at our church. We don't all have the same talent. So if you think you can sing, you might want to really ask someone, you know. Because um, everybody thinks they can sing, right? You might sing good in the shower, but when you get in front of it, everybody's different. Sorry, I'm being silly. But we all have different talents and abilities and gifts. And they're, they're different. We, we all tend to think talent. We, we all tend to think like, like musical for some reason or, or some other type of thing. But there's all different types of gifts for us. And if you're here today and you think you don't have anything to offer, man, that, that's a lie. We need to get rid of that in your life. You don't think you have anything to offer this world. If you think, think you're worthless, you think you've done messed up too many times, we, we need to get that out of your life. Because that's far from the truth. God created you. He created you with a plan and purpose. He wants to use your life, your experiences, your talents for him. If you're going to give your life away, you need to discover how God has gifted you. You need to understand what, what's there. There's some things inside of you that maybe you didn't even realize were there. Or maybe they just need to be awakened. You haven't used them in a long time. So, so there's two teachings I want to look at real quick to help us understand that uh, today. Uh, first, the Holy Spirit gifts every believer. There's an activation that happens when we, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when, the, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's an activation that happens. There's a boldness to live out the life that God has called you to do. It's not about us. It's all about God. So why not have God's power working through us to do that? Once we enter God's family and we seek out this baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're infilled with that power. It empowers us to do great things. Now, you don't get like a superpower, right? Like some of these superheroes we see in the movies. You don't get like a superpower. What, 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 you know, you're not going to go jump tall buildings at a single bound or have superhuman strength. I mean, that's not what the power we're talking about that the Holy Spirit gives. But what the Holy Spirit does is it, it empowers you to live this life the way God intended it to be. The Holy Spirit gives you power to fight temptation. The Holy Spirit gives you boldness to stand up for truth in a world that so desperately needs it. The Holy Spirit gives you power to speak that truth. In your world today. We can't do 
great things that God has called us to do. We can't do these God things without God's help. That wouldn't make sense and we, we would fail at it anyway. See, I, I love these superheroes that are out. My, my wife and I just saw the new Thor uh, recently and I kind of I got motivated to get back in the gym even though I, I, I didn't go to the gym. I, I still haven't gone to the gym, so maybe it didn't work that much. But, but dude's, dude's ripped, man. It's, it's, I'm jealous, but I'll pray about that later because I can only be me. I can't be Thor. So anyway, I love, I love superhero movies, but the problem with these movies is that only the heroes are gifted. Only the heroes are gifted, and it's all about them and what they can do. And that, again, in the kingdom of God, it's different. This isn't the way God does things. Everyone is gifted. It's just a matter, are you walking in that gift? Are you working in that gift? Are you aware of that gift? This, the second thing I want to speak to this is, is that our gifts are meant just for ourselves. No. No, it's got nothing to do with us other than our obedience to, to what God is calling us to. Our gifts are meant to help others. Listen to 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God didn't create us to do great stuff just so we can be better at being selfish. And we're doing a good job of that on our own, right? I don't think we need any more help with that. Our gifts meet a need. They make up for something that's missing in our world around us. We're, we're going to have a new saying around our church. You guys ready for this? Here we go. Get ready. See a need. Meet a need. That's going to be our new thing, right? See a need, meet a need. Say it with me. See a need, meet a need. Say it one more time. See a need, meet a need. One more because I want you to get it. See a need, meet a need. Man, if you are at Walmart and you're in the line, wait, because sometimes those lines get really long unless you go through self-checkout. But even sometimes those, longs, those lines are, are really long too. And you're waiting in line and you overhear someone talking and they're like, man, I'm getting sick today. I've got a cold and I've been coughing up stuff. Everywhere. All right. It's real simple. Just kind of sneak in because that's a need. They need healing. You just sneak in and say, hey, you know, I've overheard your conversation. Can I pray with you real quick? If they say no, all right. God bless you. If they say yes, what an amazing opportunity to see God move in their life. And then you know what's going to happen? God's going to heal them. They're, they're going to feel better. And then they're going to go home and I'm like, they're going to talk to their husband. And like, I, I don't know what happened. Some crazy person, some Jesus person at, at Walmart and prayed for me. And I don't have sickness anymore. And oh my goodness. And then they start going to church. Because where else would you meet Jesus, right? So then they start going to church. And they may not come to transform their life, but at least they're going to church, right? And they start going to church and, and give their life to Jesus. And God did, I know that's a made up story, but that's possible, right? That's possible. What? what? Imagine that out of a simple act of just saying, hey, I see a need. I'm going to pray. You see someone that's in need, we meet that need. If your neighbor, if you, you hear your neighbor is out there and they're working on their car, why don't you go over there and say, hey, man, you need a hand. Just a simple act. You see a need. You meet, maybe you see on Facebook someone's looking for something. Hey, you know, I, I ran out of whatever. Can anybody help me out? It never fails at holidays. We, we always miss getting some ingredient for the food that we cook. It's usually something simple, eggs or cheese or sour cream or something like that. So I, I'm the one that always has to go out in the mess and go get it. So on Christmas Eve this past year, um, we needed some more eggs to make our happy birthday Jesus cake that we do with our kids. And, uh, and so I'm like, man, I don't want to go out. It's Christmas Eve. It's going to be crazy. Got there because other people have forgotten stuff too. And I don't want to go out there. So, so Haley texts one of our neighbors across the street. We've got great neighbors. And she texts the neighbor across the street. It's like, hey. 
sorry about this, but we need four eggs. You think you can help us out? And she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And so I go out there and meet her. She gives us the eggs. She's like, listen, I just came from the store. It was crazy. You don't want to go out there. So you are welcome to these eggs. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, right? There was a need and she met it, right? See a need, meet a need. And it's a doorway. It's an opportunity for God to use you and to see God move in other people's lives. What a concept, right? But let's do it. That's going to be our new thing. You're going to see that everywhere now. See a need, meet a need. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus because God just didn't call us to, to get our life straight and to, to get our mess fixed and to get filled with all this great power and stuff just to, to hold it in. That's not what it's meant for. It's not meant for a show. It's not meant to say, hey, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues. I prophesy. And praise Jesus. No. It's meant for us to make this world a better place, to show this world that so desperately needs Jesus. Amen? You follow me today. What kinds of gifts are mentioned in the Bible? There's all different kinds. And none of them have anything to do with music or anything like that, right? There's all different kinds. Wise counsel. Clear understanding or knowledge. Faith. Healing. Miracles. Prophecy. Distinguishing between good and evil. That's the discerning of spirits. Tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Apostle. Teachers. Evangelists. Pastor. Helpers. Leaders. Hospitality. Service. There's, there's all different types of things that the Bible lists out as these spiritual gifts. And obviously there's other types of talents. Maybe some of you are, are just good with your hands. You can fix stuff. Or, or there's, there's so many different ways that we can twist this. And each of you have this ability and God wants to use whatever it is that you are gifted with. And I think uh, I was talking to Howard the other day and he was talking about there was, there was someone that said, man, why, why are you just so happy? You're always going around shaking people's hands and, and smiling at us. And, and th- it's just because he's a, he's a kind, happy person. He's, he's great to be around. He's great at, at greeting people. That, that's a gift. Not every, everybody, you know, not everybody has that. Some people walk around with a sour look on their face all the time. It's like, what is wrong with this person, right? There's all kinds of gifts that we have. If you and I were face to face at maybe a Starbucks or, or we're hanging out at Zaxby's, ooh, Zaxby's, come on, that glory just fell in this room today. Ooh, the wings and things meal. And we're sitting down and we're hanging out and we're just talking face to face and we're talking about your gifts. I would just ask you a simple question What are you good at? What, what are you good at? I would ask you that simple question. What, what are you good at? And contrary to the lies of the world or what the enemy may would have you believe, you have something valuable to offer. All of you, all of us. And see, what the devil would love more is that you would get trapped in that. He wins battles all the time when he gets believers to ignore the gifts that God has us. In fact, he would win even if we try to be someone that, that, we, are, that we are not. The G. And give stands for gifts. Number two, the I and give is for interests. I is for interests. When I, when I talk about interests, I'm talking about your heart, your passion. Not, not necessarily your hobbies, but, but, but like your heart, your passion. What are you passionate about? What do you spend your time thinking about? What, what problems kind of really just irk you? Problems in the world, what, what moves you? What makes your soul sing? What, what are you motivated for action to do? In the Bible, we see that Jesus has deep interests. In Mark chapter 6, verse 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. 
Jesus had compassion. We, we see this often throughout scripture that Jesus has compassion. He saw this large crowd of people and he responded by serving out of his gifts. What kind of crowd captures your attention? What, what are you compassionate about? Is it, is it maybe non-Christians or are you passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus? We, we all should be that, but you know what I'm saying? There might be just a really deep passion that moves you for, for outreach and evangelism. Are you, are you um, captured by, by the lonely and, and the unconnected, homeless people, athletes, maybe little kids? Because if, if you're not passionate about the kids, you, you shouldn't be serving in our kids' ministry. I, I, and I know for a long time people have just served in, in different areas because we just needed people to do that. But, but, but you don't have to do that anymore, right? So some of you are like, whew, I don't have to. <laughs> Pastor said it, I heard him, it's, on, it's recorded. But if you're not passionate about it, why do it, Right? Why passion? If you're passionate, not passionate about, why, why do it? What are, you, what are you passionate about? What gets you going? What, what stirs you? What stirs your heart? There's a million things to be interested in. Where is God moving in your heart? What areas, what, what thing, what, what are you passionate about? What stirs your heart? Maybe it's human trafficking. Maybe, maybe it's this issue of abortion in, in our world. Maybe, maybe it's, like I said, just kids in general. Or whatever it might be. It could be a million different Things. Let's, let's talk about the difference between gifts and your interests for just a minute. Your gifts will be with you your whole entire life. But you'll deepen and develop them as you get closer to God and, and, and as you invite that into your life. But they'll always be with you. But your interests, they may change over time. You, you may be passionate about different things uh, at different times in your life. But, but more importantly, they, they will focus your gifts. Does that make sense? Uh, you, you may have the gift of teaching, but where are you going to share that gift? Is it going to be to second graders or is it going to be in an orphanage in, in Africa? Or, or is it going to be to high school students? Or, or what's that going to be like? My, my son has played t-ball for the past couple of years. And uh, it's, it's, it's the funniest thing to watch little kids play t-ball. Um, you know, if the ball's hit, they all just run to the ball all together, the whole entire team. They don't understand the concept of space and and playing a position and things like that. And Aiden loves to hit. It's his favorite part of the game. He loves to get up to bat and hit and then run the bases. He's got a ton of energy. If you've seen him run around here, you would understand that. But he doesn't like fielding so much, which is an important part of the game. It's kind of boring for him, I think. But he and I have been working on trying to throw and catch. So, so he kind of wind, he's got to wind up, man. Maybe he's supposed to be a pitcher. I don't know. But he'll wind up and, and he'll just chunk it. He won't even look where he's throwing it. And then it goes way off and then I have to run uh, to go get it. But I'm a dad. I'm a good dad. So I'm going to go run and get it. So what I, what I remember learning as a kid playing baseball is you have to give him a big target, right? So I would hold out my gloves and say, hey, buddy, here's your target. This is it, man. I want you to aim. I don't want you to throw it right here at this glove. And for the most part, he would kind of get it. He would get a little crazy sometimes and, and do that weird wind-up thing. But, um, but he's learning. He's actually going to play soccer here uh, this season, so we'll see how he does with that. Again, he likes to run around, so maybe that will be good. Run, him, run all his energy out, his, all, all his wiggles, get all that out of here. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Your, your interest, your heart, um, they paint a target for you to aim your gifts at. Okay? Because here's the deal. Many missions will catch your eye, but only a few things will catch your heart. Those are the things that you need to pursue. Those are the passions that, that God is stirring up in you. And those are the things that you need to pursue. What I'm talking about is God's calling in your life. So, so let's look at an example of Peter and Paul, just to kind of paint a picture for you. In Galatians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, I, Paul, have been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, the non-Jews, just as Peter had been 
to the circumcised, the Jews, right? So Paul and Peter had similar gifts. They were both great leaders. They were both teachers, evangelists, uh, but they had different targets that they, they went for. I'd like to finish this point just by returning to a few quick things that, that I mentioned. The bottom line is this, that we were created to care deeply and the enemy wins when he can get Christians to be apathetic and disinterested. We can't, we can't do that. We've got to be focused. We've got to thrive. If we're going to thrive, then we have to pursue God and the gifts and talents that, that he has given us. So G is for gifts. I is for interest. And the V in gifts stands for valued advice. Who are you listening to? Who is in your ear? Who is in your head the most? This is the community piece of, of giving your life away. The question here is, who are you listening to? Is it friends? Is it, is it mentors? Is it uh, a spiritual father that maybe you have? Is it family? Is it the media? What, what, are you, what are you allowing to influence your life? For me, when I was in high school, it was my family, uh, my, my pastor, my youth pastor. Those are the ones that, that I value their advice above anybody else's. Now, there was a time when I didn't like to go to church. There was a time as a teenager when I was kind of like, you know, I was wanting to fit in and, and, and was wanting to do other things. In fact, I was playing basketball a lot. I had this group of friends. We were all on a basketball team together here in, in, with, the, with the rec department. And, uh, and we would just go play all the time. In, in fact, we would go, and, and don't take offense to this, especially those that are teachers at this school, but we would go down to Springhead Elementary School, and we would jump the fence and they had these little short basketball hoops that we could dunk on. And we would have dunk contests on each other and, and, and play and stuff like that. Um, and so, so we used to do that a lot. And there would be times when I would just want to miss church. I wouldn't want to go to church. I would want to go play basketball with my friends. But those guys were all knuckleheads. And, and, and really, like, we were trespassing on property. Like, those weren't good things and good uh, people that, that I needed to be around. See, you need godly advice because your ministry is bigger than you are. So you need godly advice. You aren't good enough on your own. And, and we have to be okay with that. You need valued advice. And God often speaks to others. Or God often speaks to us through others, right? Listen to what Proverbs 15, 22 says. It says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Listen, there's times when I may ask some of you, hey, how do you think things are going? I want, I want that valued advice. And I don't want you to say, oh, they're great, Pastor. You're doing such a great job. That's not going to help me grow. It's not going to help our church grow. I'm not saying be like, brutally on Pastor, you. <laughs> you know, but, but I value your input. We want to grow. We want to make things better. We're going to always be looking at ways to make things better here at, at our church. And so there may be times when I, I reach out to some of you and, and ask for, for input. Because we need that sound godly advice. You need godly advice because everyone listens to something. So what is that something that you're listening to? Even the most independent among us are influenced by others. You're listening to someone. The question is, who are you listening to? And if you aren't being influenced by something good or even something godly, then that's probably not good for you. Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. It will harm you. It'll take you out of God's, God's path and plan and, and will and the purposes that he has. So what are you doing to make sure you have constant access to valued advice? This will help you give your life away because the devil would love to sideline the saints. He would love to sideline you by listening to foolish advice. I don't know about you. I want to be in the game. I don't want to sit back watching. I want to play. I want to be in this thing. I don't want to be riding the bench. Because I know, listen, I know we're in the world, but we're not supposed to be of it. But we have to be in it to win it. 
And there's a world that needs to be win, won for, for God. So, so we use our gifts, G. We, we use our interests, the I and, and V, valued advice. And the last is E. And that stands for experience. When we reflect on our experiences, we see where God is moving, where he has moved and where he has brought us from. And we learn more about him. And life is, is full of all kinds of experiences in it. All kinds of experiences that we go to. Some are good. Some are joyful. Some are surprising and, and memorable. And some, some kind of hurt. Some are filled with, with pain. But, but we need to be able to see God through all those seasons in our life. We need to be able to see God moving in all those moments. See, in the joyful times, it can be difficult to hear God. It can be difficult to even pursue Him. Because when we're, when we're in comfort, when we're, we're doing good, when everything seems to be going good around us, we kind of relax, don't we? We kind of sit back, all right, we're in a good spot. I can become content with where we are. But we have to continue to pursue God and seek Him out, even in that time. The, the memorable, surprising moments, those are, those are times when we just praise God. We get our little, oh, yes, Lord. We get our step in. God just surprised us with something. You got extra money in your bank account. Uh, you got extra on your paycheck. Like this year, we're supposed to be getting extra on our income return, right? And, oh, yes, Lord. We can praise Jesus about that. It's easy to praise God in those surprising, memorable moments, right? And then there's those, those painful moments. Painful. It's hard to see God in those moments, but man, God will speak to us through our pain. He'll use your pain to clarify your calling. He'll use your pain to refine your character. He'll use your pain to help equip others who may go through that same pain at some time in your life. Man, pain sucks. Excuse my language, but it does. Pain sucks. None of us want to go through that, but it, it is a part of life. And, 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 and that's, I think, a, a false truth that people paint about Christianity is that we just, we just have this perfect life and everything is great, but, it, but it's not. We go through stuff and it's not promised that we're not going to go through that stuff. But on this side of heaven, we're often left with more questions than answers. And I'm not trying to make light of anyone's pain or anything that you've experienced. I'm not saying that, that pain isn't bad, but, but man, you, you do. This is a great opportunity to hear from God and allow that pain to, to use that to help others that, that things that they're going through God speaks to us during those seasons God speaks to us in in those painful times listen to what second Corinthians 1 3 through 4 says praise be to God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God see none of this is about us God comforts us in our pain and God will use our experience to comfort others. God doesn't waste a hurt. God doesn't waste a hurt. He, he will use it to draw you closer to him and he'll use it to comfort others who may be going through something too. If you've been hurt deeply, know that God won't waste it and that we can learn from our past experiences and God will work through those and what has happened to us. See, Christians can't let their past become a prison. We, we can't let our pain become a prison, but know that God will use what was meant to harm us for good. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his plans and purposes. Hey, the worship team, you guys can come on up. Listen, you were made to make a difference in this world. That's all we're trying to get at today. Is you were made to make a difference in this world. And you do this when you choose to give your life away. Your community needs you. There's people around you that need you. Your, your family needs you. Your friends need you. Your, your church here. Uh, we, we need you. 
If you're in school, your, your school, your classmates, they, they need you. They, they need you to do what God has called you to do. Someone is counting on you today. Someone is counting on you to live for God. Someone is counting on you to carry out the purposes and plans that he has. for. Someone's life is hanging in the balance. And they're waiting for you to share the love of Christ with them. Someone is counting on you. And when we sit on our hands, we take ourselves out of the game. When we choose not to serve, when we choose not to serve others, when we choose to only look out for ourselves, we take ourselves out of the game. And then something vital is missing from the world. Can't afford to sit out. The world wants to tell you to conform. Look out for numero uno. Don't worry about anybody else. You do your thing. But what will your story be? What will your legacy be? What will, what will our legacy be here at our church? How will you give your life away and serve others? Won't you stand with me this morning? As we get ready to close, I want to share a quick story. I believe we have this picture up on the screen. This is, a, this is Desmond Doss. Uh, there was a movie recently made called Hacksaw Ridge. And, and this movie was about Desmond Doss, who was in the U.S. Army, and he served in World War II. And there's this story about how um, this guy was a Christian. He lived for God. He loved God. And, and because of that, in the Army, and this might sound strange, but he, didn't, he refused to carry a weapon of any sort. He refused to carry a gun or knife or anything like that because he held true to, thou shalt not kill. Even to defend himself, he didn't want to. So he became a medic. In the U.S. Army. In fact, he was ridiculed severely for not doing this. His fellow brothers in the army ridiculed him. He was even beaten by them at times. They tried to court-martial him for disobeying orders to, to carry his, his weapon. He still refused. Still refused to carry a weapon. He found himself in in a battle. In Okinawa, there was this cliff that became known as Hacksaw Ridge. And, and the, the soldiers, they climbed up this ridge and, and, and they got on this cliff and they were, um, they were bombarded. There was a trap up there for them. They, they faced enemy fire. They were, they were bombarded and they were on this cliff. So there was, no, there was no way out. Many of them lost their lives. But Desmond Doss, without a weapon, in the face of danger, in the face of death, Fought through the bullets flying by, whizzing by his head. Fought through the, the grenades landing and exploding everywhere. And one by one, he began to pull his brothers away. One by one, he would, he would get one out of the way, out of danger, and then he would run back. And, and, and it's reported that 75 people he was able to save. The reports say it could have possibly been more, but that was what was recorded, that 75 Soldiers, he was able to rescue in the face of danger, in the face of death. He gave us without a weapon, without any way of defending himself. Gave. He sacrificed himself to rescue his fellow brothers. He was given a congressional medal of honor for this. There's another story where, where he was in another battle and he was wounded. He was hit by shrapnel from a Japanese grenade and it, and it tore uh, from his knee all the way up to his hip. As he was trying to escape, a sniper pops him right in the arm and it shatters his arm. 
And even still, he still allowed others. Once he got to a place where he could be rescued, he still allowed others to go before him so that they could get them out of harm's way. Even still being injured. He, he survived. He went on to live a, a great life up into his 80s. What an amazing story of self-sacrifice. What an amazing story. Because here's the deal. We're, we're not talking about something crazy like life and death battle in an army with bullets flying, stuff like that. But, but really it is about life and death. Because there's people's lives hanging in the balance. This is heaven and hell. This is eternity. And an eternity spent away from God and an eternity spent with God. It is life and death. And we all are a part of that. Who are you going to reach out to? Who are you going to give your life to, to see that they come to know Jesus, to see that, 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 that they come to know the love that you have experienced, to see that they come to, to know the, 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 the grace and the mercy that you experienced, to see that they know this amazing encounter that we have with Jesus. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.